Well, good morning, everyone. It is a delight to be with you on this last Sunday of 2020. Today we're going to be looking at a psalm, Psalm 147. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up. It's also printed in your order of worship. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and he gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who could stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his word blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statues and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. This is God's word given to us for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we ask now that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word. Speak to us us this morning wherever we find ourselves. Help us cling to your word, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us, the word that has the power to set prisoners free and melt frozen hearts. Father, would you do that for each of us this morning? Because our hope rests in your steadfast love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I was in college, I went on a summer-long mission trip to Europe. Now, it was nothing, it certainly wasn't glamorous. We slept in tents every single night. And to supplement the meager rations that we cooked up for our team, everyone got an allotment of spending money to use to buy meals and snacks and souvenirs. Now, while the rest of my team uh, were buying ice cream and French bread and Nutella, I was holding tight and counting my dollars because I had decided right off the bat that I was going to buy a watch. I've always loved watches. And I really wanted a swatch chronograph from Switzerland. So by the end of the trip, I was starving. I lost 20 pounds that summer. And there was only one night, one night that I caved and spent some of that money. We happened to be in a restaurant in Poland. And everyone was eating delicious food. And I could not resist. So I bought a filet of pan-fried fish. I got to tell you, 
it was so amazing that I can still taste it as I talk about it right now. I doused it with lemon. I ate the bones clean. I literally licked the plate when I was finished. Now, I have definitely eaten fancier meals in my life, but none that I have relished more than that plate of fish. And I got to tell you, at the end of the trip, I had enough money saved to be able to buy that swatch that I wanted. And I loved it. And I recently passed it down to my son, Nathaniel, which was really special. But I am still, to this day, raving about that meal. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you have been so hungry that you are able to be completely present for a meal. The flavors are heightened. The atmosphere feels richer. Everything about it just feels right. And as we look at Psalm 147, we might imagine that we are sitting hungry at our dinner table. And the psalmist is laying out morsel after morsel of God's goodness before us, inviting us to taste and savor his goodness together. And as we do, we're invited to let our hearts do what they do, which is praise and give thanks. Now, I'll admit that maybe the image of sitting down at the dinner table doesn't really feel like it fits with the year that we've just had. Many of us feel like our hearts are too weary or discouraged to praise. Thanksgiving may feel complicated when we're surrounded by so much loss. But I think this psalm has something to say to each of us on this last Sunday of 2020. Because this psalm of praise was written to be sung by a brokenhearted people. In verses 2 and 3 we read, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. One of the pictures that the psalmist gives us is of a God whose eye never departs from the lonely and the downcast. This is a song written for exiles who have been driven out of their land by an enemy invader, displaced and isolated from their loved ones for years and years, far from home, and finally being able to return home. But the home they left was not the home that they were returning to. Jerusalem had been laid waste, and many of the people and places that they had loved would not be as they remembered. There was legitimate tragic loss that they would have to contend with, even as they celebrated being able to rebuild their lives. Now, I think this may sound like a familiar story to many of us. The isolation, the weariness, exiled from one another, the feeling that we have lost things that we may not get back. The good news of Psalm 147 is that we're not called to deny the loss that we've experienced. The psalmist does not require us to be optimists. Instead, he shows us a God who sees us and who is more powerful than the forces that overwhelm us. There is room for praise to hold both lamentation and our joy. The psalmist opens by declaring, It is good to sing praises to our God, because it is pleasant 
and a song of praise is fitting. And the only way that it could be fitting is if God indeed binds up the brokenhearted and he heals our wounds. So as we hold both lament and joy together, the psalmist has another picture that he puts before us to consider. It's a picture of God as the sustainer of his weary people. As these exiles were making the long trek home, I think it's easy to imagine that they felt simultaneously grateful to be returning home, but also overwhelmed by the struggles of rebuilding their lives. Everything would have felt harder and heavier. And so as we look at verses 8 through 14 together, the psalmist is reminding his people of God's dependable gifts that are easy to overlook when much of life feels uncertain. The psalmist says, the Lord prepares rain for the earth. He gives to the beasts their food. He fills you with the finest of wheat. The psalmist reminds us That while we are busy worrying about all the uncertainties in front of us, and there are many, we have a God who is making food grow, raining fresh water down, who keeps life going. And what's in the fields and what fills our bellies are from Him, and they are meant to point us to Him. And a little further on, the psalmist reminds us, that he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. And I think it's a remarkable thing to consider that any peace that we experience, any safety that we experience is from the hand of our God. My kids and I learned recently about how many animals like dolphins and some birds sleep with one eye open. And that's because only one side of their brain sleeps at a time, partially in order to help them stay alert for predators. But every night that we sleep with both eyes shut and we wake up in safety, that that is a gift of our good God. And when I hear this list, that the psalmist gives us of all of God's goodness, I'm reminded of Jesus in the gospel saying, look up. Look at the birds of the air. If God takes care of them, he certainly is going to take care of you. Are you not of more value than they? Now Jesus here is not downplaying our troubles. Our troubles are real. But Jesus is calling us to lift up our eyes. To see the one who has been faithful in the past and promises to be faithful today. Now the final picture that the psalmist gives us is of his word. Alive and active healing and reshaping the world. The psalmist writes something I think beautiful in verses 15 and 18. He says, he sends out his command to the earth and his word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? 
He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. You see, throughout Scripture, we see this in the very beginning in Genesis 1 and 2. God's word is the power by which he creates and sustains and reveals himself to his people. And this is where we have a leg up on the psalmist. Because we have seen the word. Jesus, the word of God, made tangible, made material, made flesh. Our creator has come to break bread with his creation. He has come to speak with us, to walk with us, to weep with us. And church, ultimately, he has come to do battle against death and decay against loneliness, against estrangement, against the forces in this world that oppress and do evil. And here we see the power of God and the tenderness of God come to us as a person in Jesus. And so when we find that praise doesn't seem to come naturally to us, we are called to look to him. Jesus, the word of God, This is what the Apostle John writes in John 1.18. He says, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, Jesus has made him known. Church, look up. Look at our God who became our brother, who invites the lowly and the meek and the unwanted to his parties. Look at how he relentlessly pursues those who have no power in this world. Look at how he stands up for those who have been called hopeless. And he speaks the best news that anybody has ever heard. You are loved. You are wanted. You are made with honor and delight. And our God is at work right now, and he runs swiftly to us, binding up our broken places, causing flourishing to rain down on us, turning our ashes into dancing, making us his daughters and sons. Now I'm reminded of the last chapter of John's gospel. (laughs) It's a beautiful story. It's after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, and he appears to his weary disciples who have lost all hope. And he makes them a breakfast of bread and fish. And I doubt they had butter and lemon, but I can surely imagine that this was a meal that they would never forget. This was a meal that they would never stop relishing. Because when Scripture paints a picture of what the world will be like, When Jesus comes back and makes all things new, the most consistent image that he gives us is of a feast. A feast. And as we long for feasting in the year ahead, may we let our experience of God's common, ordinary provision point us to that day when all of our longings will be answered. When all of our homesickness will be soothed. When the world will be as it should be. And may we entrust ourselves to him 
and gain the courage and the humility to, to teach him, to allow him to teach us to praise, even when we don't feel like it, and walk with him through whatever valleys and hills await us in the new year. Amen and amen. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this reminder in Psalm 147 that you are a God who invites us to your table and you put morsel after morsel of your goodness before us. Father, I know in a year that we've had, it is easy to look down and pay attention to the things that we do not have and miss all of the goodness that you have given us right before our faces. Father, as Jesus says, help us to look up. Help us to look around and see the word who runs swiftly to us, who binds up our broken hearts, who heals us through his own wounds. Father, help us to receive that grace, that goodness this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.